I'm Christine Pilgrim and this is the third and final instalment of The Doll's Ghost by Francis Marion Crawford. You may remember that we left Mr. Puckler distraught at the disappearance of his young daughter Elsa. Even a mysterious tugging at his coat in the dark didn't distract him from his grief and distress. Let's pick up the story at that point. Elsa! Elsa! Mr. Puckler groaned. Then a cool breath of air stirred his thin hair and the low flame of the one candle dropped down almost to a mere spark, not flickering as though a draught were going to blow it out, but just dropping down as if it were tired out. Mr. Puckler felt his hands stiffen with fright. There was a faint rustling sound, like some small silk thing blown in a gentle breeze. He sat up straight, stark and scared. Then a small wooden voice spoke in the stillness. Pa! Pa! It said with a break between the syllables. Mr. Puckler stood up in a single jump and his chair fell over backwards with a smash upon the wooden floor. The candle almost went out. It was Nina's doll voice that had spoken. He'd have known it among a hundred other voices of dolls. And yet there was something more in it. A little human ring with a pitiful cry and a call for help, the wail of a hurt child. Mr. Puckler stood stark and stiff and tried to look round, but at first he could not, for he seemed frozen from head to foot. He made a great effort and raised one hand to each of his temples and pressed his own head round as he would have turned a doll's. The candle was burning so low that it might as well have been out altogether for any light it gave, and the room seemed quite dark at first. Then he saw something. He would not have believed that he could be more frightened than he had been just before that, but he was, and his knees shook, for he saw the doll standing in the middle of the floor shining with a faint and ghostly radiance, her beautiful glassy brown eyes fixed on his, and across her face the thin line of the break he had mended shone, as though it were drawn in light with a fine point of a white flame. Yet there was something more in the eyes, something human like Elsa's own, but as if only the doll saw through through them, not Elsa. But there was enough of Elsa to bring back all his pain and to make him forget his fear. Elsa, my little Elsa, he cried aloud. The small ghost moved, and its dull arm slowly rose and fell with a stiff mechanical motion. Pa, pa! it said. It seemed this time that there was even more of Elsa's tone echoing somewhere between the wooden notes that reached his ears so distinctly and yet so far away. Elsa was calling him, he was sure. 
His face was perfectly white in the gloom, but his knees did not shake any more, and he felt that he was less frightened. Yes, child, but where, where, he asked, where are you, Elsa? Pa, pa. The syllables died away in the quiet room. There was a low rustling of silk. The glassy brown eyes turned slowly away, and Mr. Puckler heard the pitter-patter of the small feet in the bronze kid slippers as the figure ran straight to the door. Then the candle burned high again. The room was full of light, and he was alone. Mr. Puckler passed his hand over his eyes and looked about him. He could see everything quite clearly, and he felt that he must have been dreaming, though he was standing instead of sitting down as he should have been, had he been asleep and woken up. The candle burned brightly now. There were the dolls to be mended, lying in a row with their toes up. The third one had lost her right shoe, and Elsa was making a new one. He knew that, and he was certainly not dreaming now. He had not been dreaming when he came in from his fruitless search and had heard the doll's footsteps running to the door. He had not fallen asleep in his chair. How could he possibly have fallen asleep when his heart was breaking? He had been awake all the time. He steadied himself, sat the fallen chair back upon its legs, and said to himself again very emphatically that he was a foolish old man. He ought to be out in the streets looking for his child, asking questions and inquiring at police stations where all accidents were reported as soon as they were known, or at the hospitals. Pa, pa! The longing, wailing, pitiful little wooden cry rang from the passage outside the door, and Mr. Puckler stood for an instant with white face, transfixed and rooted to the spot. A moment later, his hand was on the latch. Then he was in the passage, with the light streaming from the open door behind him. Quite at the door end, he saw the little phantom shining clearly in the shadow, the right hand seemed to beckon him as the arm rose and fell once more. Pa, pa. He knew all at once that it had not come to frighten him, but to lead him. And when it disappeared and he walked boldly toward the door, he knew that it was in the street outside waiting for him. He fought forgot that he was tired and had eaten no supper and had walked many miles, for a sudden hope ran through him like a golden stream of life. And sure enough, at the corner of the alley and at the corner of the street and out in Belgrave Square, he saw the small ghost flitting before him. Sometimes, where there was other light, it was only a shadow. But the glare of the lamps made a pale green sheen on its little mother-hubbard frock of silk. And sometimes, where the streets were dark and silent, the whole figure shone out brightly 
with its yellow curls and rosy mouth. It seemed to trot along like a tiny child, and Mr. Puckler could almost hear the pattering of the bronze kid slippers on the pavement as it ran. But it went very fast, and he could only just keep up with it, tearing along with his hat on his, the back of his head and his thin hair blown by the night breeze and his horn-rimmed spectacles firmly set upon his broad nose. On and on he went. He had no idea where he was, and he didn't even care, for he knew certainly that he was going the right way. Then at last, in a wide quiet street. He was standing before a big, sober-looking door that had two lamps on each side of it and a polished brass bell handle, which he pulled. Just inside, when the door was opened, in the bright light there was the little shadow and the pale green sheen of the little silk dress. Once more, the small cry came to his ears, less pitiful, more longing. Papa! The shadow turned slightly bright, and out of the brightness, the beautiful brown glass eyes were turned up happily to his, while the rosy mouth smiled so divinely that the phantom doll looked almost like a little angel. A little girl was brought in soon after ten o'clock, said the quiet voice of the hospital doorkeeper. I think they thought that she was only stunned. She was holding a, a big brown paper box against her, and they couldn't get it out of her arms. She had a long plait of brown hair that hung down as they carried her. She is my little girl, said Mr. Puckler. He leaned over Elsa's face in the gentle light of the children's ward, and when he had stood there a minute, Elsa's beautiful brown eyes opened and looked up to his. Papa, cried Elsie softly. I knew you would come. Mr. Puckman did not know what he said or did for a moment. And what he felt was worth all the fear and terror and despair that almost killed him that night. By and by, Elsa was telling her story, and the nurse let her speak, for there were only two other children in the room who were getting well and were sound asleep. They were big boys with bad faces, said Elsa. And they tried to get Nina away from me, but I held on and fought as well as I could till one of them hit me with something. And I don't remember any more, for I tumbled down. And I suppose the boys ran away and somebody found me there. But I'm afraid Nina is all smashed. Here is the box, said the nurse. We could not take it out of her arms till she came to herself. Would you like to see if the doll is broken? And she undid the string cleverly. But Nina was all smashed to pieces. Only the gentle light of the children's ward made a pale green sheen in the folds of the little Mother Hubbard frock of silk.
And that's the end of the story of the doll's ghost. All of us at Rody House hope you enjoyed it and wish you compliments of the season. Goodbye for now.